Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Sean, how are we, sir? Hey, great, Chris. I thought you were going to have some long, dramatic music introduction Mate, there. I, no, have, I, <laughs> I have no idea. Let's try that again. Just bear with me, folks. I must say a big thank you there to my podcast manager, Luke, who threw that together this afternoon because we've all, we've all, um, we didn't really plan this, Sean, did we? We did not, no. But a uh, huge thank you to everybody watching. Huge thank you to all people who had my back during the two channel terminations. And for people like Chris, Ray Hill, Steve Rafe, and all the, you know, all the guys I've worked with over the years, Jamie Boyle, who um, tweeted YouTube to get that channel back up. And it was, I, I was blown away by the love and support. And I, no doubt maybe Chris might want to touch on that. Huge thank you to Chris also for coming on my podcast twice now. Big, long, multi-hour stories of his hardcore you know tale of clicking up from being a royal marine to clicking up with the hong kong triad mafia <laughs> yes well that's the thing in it sean we we've both seen a bit of life haven't we and that's why people are fascinated by your youtube channel chris and why it's grown so rapidly because you've got such gripping stories You've got such rich life experience from the military to, you know, the underworld of Hong Kong. Yes. Well, <laughs> we're talking about me, aren't we? <laughs> Sean's my guest and we're talking about me. I don't know how, how, how I managed to spin that, but it's my favourite <laughs> my favorite subject. Yeah, it's a funny old life, Sean. I'll, um, I'll be honest, for every fortnight that goes by, I think I learned more about life in that fortnight than I probably did in over the previous six months or year. Um, and it's really, well, it's put us in a good place, mate. You know, I, I sat down with, with, with Luke, the manager, the other day, and we've just been thinking where to take the podcast forward and what what angles do we want to go for. And, um, yeah, it's... It's hard to know because you know the YouTube algorithm. It's very fucking needy, isn't it? You know, it um, it can become quite controlling. But um, putting that out, you know, I never started this for the YouTube algorithm. I started it because I wanted to talk to interesting people like yourself, Sean, you know. Um, so, yeah, guess what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm learning more all the time and I want to kind of take people on on the channel with me because it's, it's just been such an amazing journey. Have you had any warnings or strikes yet, Chris? No, no. And I can only imagine what the hell your your heart must have been in your mouth the other day, wouldn't it? Well, it was not something we had um, not expected. So we did have a contingency plan. But when the first termination happened, my blood pressure did go up slightly. <laughs> when the second termination happened, I was already frazzled from sitting at my computer for days on end, trying to just, you know, put my point out there and rally the followers to tweet YouTube. So I was like, I was in a celebratory mood the night before when we got the channel back. And it was gone again. I was like, holy shit. Oh, I gotta do this all over again. But fortunately, it was I think it was down in the morning and it was back by the evening, so it was not another three or four day uh, effort. Did you have any comms with YouTube? Like like I, I'm get I mean yeah. yeah, I went I went to I marched to YouTube's headquarters to speak to a human in a management position, and I met the East European security lady on the door who was very polite. I, I explained to her my situation. I just really need to speak to a human. I'm, 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 I'm fearing my channel is going to get terminated. All these strikes are coming in. 
I, I, you know, I think that what I've done is within the limits of policy. I just need to speak to a human. She went and talked to the reception desk and came back with this. All we can do is tell you to go home and contact Google support. <laughs> but they did the right thing in the end. And I really appreciate the life enhancing platform YouTube provides because it has for 13 years now, it slowly but surely took over my life. And to be able to just host so many wonderful guests like yourself, Chris, and see people then go on to start their own YouTube channels. It gives me a fuzzy feeling at the end of the day. Yes, there's so much goes on behind the scenes, isn't it? That I think you wouldn't really realize if you didn't have a channel. I, I, I can tell from the way people write to me that they think I do, you know, maybe two hour show or two, two, two hour shows a week. And then I'm, I'm sipping gin and tonic by the pool with absolutely nothing to do all day. Um, I think people would be surprised, Sean, if they know it. It's 14 hours every single day if if you want to yeah. make it on YouTube. There isn't, and unless you're incredibly lucky, and even if you have a channel that, that, I don't know, you know, if you have a channel that's all about pigs riding horse, horses and dogs riding on ponies and and all these kind of things that people seem seem to love, I still think you've got to put 14 hours in, right? Absolutely. In one of my um, messages to customer support, I think I said, for 13 years, I have poured blood and sweat into this channel. And now it's all just going to evaporate by an algorithm. Please help me. Please help me. Let me speak to a human. I'm so sorry. It, it's one of the things, mate, that we've been... That, that, Luke and I have been discussing is there is a set of rules on these platforms on, on some of them, they are, well, let's just say strict. Um, they're obviously going to say it's to protect their advertisers, but as a result of that, it comes off as, as censorship, especially when you see the people that get censored on one platform generally tend to suffer the wrath of all the, the, the sort of others. But I think as far as we're concerned, we're just, You've got to, God, this is, it's, I can't even say what I want to say, Sean, but it, you, you've got to play by the rules simply for the fact if you don't, you will get terminated. It's just the way it is. There's no, if you look at all the, all my favorite channels, and by favorite, I mean the most informative, the ones I learned the most about life from that make me the happy, you know, balanced person I am. They're all gone now, all of them, all, every single one. The platform. Yeah, and I see a lot of YouTubers just fall on the sword because they get warnings and they say to hell with that. I'm just going to keep saying whatever I want, freedom of speech. but And they refuse to abide by YouTube policies. So if you want to be in on YouTube in the long run, you just got to adapt. And, you know... I'm grateful that we had so many people watch the videos on the Epstein case and we got that out to the world, but now we can't cover that anymore, but we can most certainly still help other people in other genres because we managed to save the channel. So I'm not someone who's just going to say F YouTube. I'm the opposite. I, I really appreciate um, the great platform and people go to these little independent platforms but they don't get any traffic so the message doesn't reach the audience that they would have reached on youtube which is sad so jane just asked in the chat what broke the camel's back sean so you know like people get warnings and strikes over time i just got nuked all of a sudden after 13 years of no problems with youtube it was just like warning strike 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 channel gone and as that was happening over the course of weeks i had no chance to speak to a human and we believe that an algorithm did it, a human reinstated it, an algorithm took it down again, and a human reinstated it. But there are other things going on because I was, I had to go to the police station with my lawyer, and I'm, I've now been court ordered by the UK government not to report on sex abuse cases under threat of imprisonment or a huge fine if I do so. Yes. Yeah. I do. What can you say? You know, what? What can you say about that? That 
it's all well and good. Ah, oh, Sean, I'm I'm at a loss for words. In fact, I'll go back to <laughs> I'll go back to what I was saying is we're going to spirit we're going the spiritual route now because it's meant more to me in my life uh, at this ripe old age to get where I am in touch with the universe. It's just like it's just like a dream come true now, Sean. You know that the the issue is would I have got here had I not been able to watch let's just say a lot of what people would call conspiratorial stuff, specifically talking over the last 20 years, there, there's a big clue for people. Um, you know, would it, would it have, I mean, for example, now I'm, I'm truly of the belief, every single thing that you ever get taught in your life, it, it's just a big lie. All of it is every, every single thing is a massive lie. And, until you can throw those shackles off and see de detach from the horse shit and tune in to this beautiful energy that comes in through your window and get your truth from the plat you know get your truth from the the universe instead of these uh psychopaths um you 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 can't be free so it's yeah it's a double-edged sword isn't it it's absolutely a double-edged sword chris and because you've got so many subscribers now if you keep going down that road of saying those things and covering that kind of material, you're going to end up in the same situation as me, basically. Yes. I think there's, I think there's a lot of merit though in going the spiritual way because they're calling it a spiritual battle, aren't they? And that the spiritual battle is within you. And what I do see a lot on YouTube is people getting really upset, angry, and so invested in in other people's lives and i know that the, you've had your experience of this to the point where it's like the issue isn't <laughs> isn't with the the the, the issue it, it seems to be people are so um unhappy with their lot for whatever reason well we we know the reason they've been sold capitalism which is just again massive lie you know that buying stuff can make you happy, which just, and, um, and then of course we've been sold our education system again, just totally controlled. So you come out of school, you're not going to go out, smash out the traveling, go skydiving, have adventures, go flying, maybe do a bit of time in the military, do this, do that, do, do. you know, you're going to go into a call center nine to five for the next 40 years, or you're going to go and sit in front of a computer in an office for 40 years you you can understand why there's so many disenfranchised people out there and the the temptation then is rather than work on ourselves and our inner temple or whatever the buddhists would call it is to project that feeling of discontentment onto other people and again this is um why we're going to try to sort of try to put <laughs> just put out a good message on our channel of love empathy kindness understanding you know, learn about yourself, learn how you fit into this environment and learn that every day you should be waking up in paradise, irregardless of what car you got parked in the in the drive. Does that that must make sense, Sean, because I know you've studied a, a bit of the old Eastern philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. And Stoic philosophy as well. So the world has a lot of commotion. Marcus Aurelius compared the drama of life to like a storm at sea but you're like the promontory the rock facing those waves crashing down upon you while remaining maintaining equanimity so from what i read in prison and what the therapist learned me i fall back on that stuff to this day because they helped me construct a mental framework whereby i'm mostly disciplined when people get in my face and say things occasionally i do have an emotional overreaction and make mistakes but we're all human but uh, on the whole you know i just appreciate the small things in life two tonys the mafia philosopher taught me that one he was serving 144 years bonanno crime family associate he'd whacked people from arizona to alaska and um he was like, Sean, you know, I, I, I can never get out. I can never smell the roses, but at least I can smell some Department of Corrections aftershave. And he just, he, you know, he said that in, in jest. And 
he, he said, when you get out there, just smell the roses, have a drink and, you know, um, think about him because he's dead now and appreciate the small things. So where I live, there's like a lot of squirrels. And I wake up in the morning. They're often lined up for me on the fence, waiting me to throw, throw out some monkey nuts. And I smile down at those cute little fellows and, <laughs> and, and throw the monkey nuts, do my yoga. And it sets me up for the day to be on a good vibe. But then, you know, things enter your life that throw you off track. Two Tonys described that as going around a little bend in the river. And um, we do get in a mental disequilibrium and the brain chemicals start firing off, the amygdala starts firing off. And like you said, Chris, you know, I, I don't watch TV anymore because the media, the advertisers keep people in a perpetual state of anxiety so that they think they're inadequate in some way. So they're purchasing products. It's, it's something that I've just had to tune out of over the years. I start watching TV actually in America when the over-commercialization there was just so apparent. It, it was ridiculous. Even like news stories, you could tell they were just product placement ads. So definitely the spiritual path is a wonderful thing and we're all learning for the rest of our lives. And I do have life lessons on my channel, but nobody watches them. I mean, you know, the most watched things on my channel, are things like prison gang rapes and beheadings and the dark, crazy content. And it's the viewers who have helped me, you know, with all the guest suggestions. And I, 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 I thank them so much. So I'd love the viewers to send us in a new range of guest suggestions now so that we can move forward in new directions, but we cannot no longer report on Epstein, sex abuse, satanism that kind of stuff and a lady did put um something in in the uh the live chat she said she doesn't understand why the videos that were striked were even striked well that ties into what i just said so youtube is trying to eliminate conspiracy channels and QAnon channels and a lot of the language used in interviewing abuse victims and trafficking experts parallels the language used in conspiracy and QAnon channels so the algorithm, because it's not a human, it cannot discern the context of the language and it strikes you down if there is a plethora of that language in your interviews. And that was apparent to me because, I mean, one of the interviews that was struck down was with Andrew Wallace, OBE, who introduced the Modern Day Slavery Act in this country. This is an absolute upstanding citizen, but that was struck down for cyberbullying, <laughs> which is preposterous. Maggie Oliver, a ex-police detective who worked in child protection, was struck down for cyberbullying. Norman Baker, ex-MP, was struck down for cyberbullying. All my strikes were cyberbullying strikes. And it was preposterous that interviews with, you know, these esteemed people could be possibly classified as cyberbullying. But they just picked up on the language that had been used, the algorithm did. And once we got to a management level person in, in YouTube, common sense prevailed and, and I, I thank you YouTube hugely for that and for all the public for the the outcry of support I got hit you asked me um if, if I got any strikes I did get one actually um I got the old warning that you get which is just it's literally a warning it's not a strike I had that well about two years ago now and it and it really taught me a lesson Sean is that don't don't get complacent with YouTube. Don't just think, oh, it'll all be... If, if you don't adhere to the rules, you, you are going to suffer. And it was... The, the thumbnail was... Um, it's a sad indictment of life, but the thumbnail was of someone who'd been chopped by a triad. And it, was, it wasn't done for drama, simply because that story I was telling was about my mate, um, Stubby, who got chopped up by the triads, right? And yeah, in hindsight, the image was... It wasn't like graphic gory, but it was a guy that you could see he got three three cuts on his. But the sad point of that is the lad who reported it wrote to me and he said, I came on a channel to learn about the Royal Marines and I have to see this filth. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, how do you write back to say what, write back to someone, Sean, and say, 
do you know what it's like to shove a bayonet through someone's face? <laughs> you know, that, that, that was my job for seven years, was professional killer. Um, but the sad thing is that all he had to do, Sean, is write to him and say, Chris, I, I, I think that, that thumbnail's a bit off, mate. Could you change it? And I'd have gone, yeah, no, you know, if you're thinking it, probably other people are. I, I, I'm not out to upset anyone. I, I would have just changed it. But this... Um, sissy drama culture that the the controllers have put upon us i say the controllers because i don't blame young people we're all vic we're all <laughs> we're all kind of victims in this elitist stew um but the other thing i got sean was uh i got hit for malicious malware and spamming on a website and they gave me the link to the website. And when I checked it out, what it was, it was one of my guests' websites. And he was a former Navy SEAL. And ironically, his job was a, sec a security specialist, like one of these guys that protects the president and all this sort of stuff, right? And for some reason, his website had lapsed or the certificate had lapsed. And it flashed up that red thing. You know, if you go to this website, you might get spammed or something like that. And um, he and because of that, I got a, a strike and I got banned for seven days. And it wasn't until the fifth day I thought, this is a bit unfair, really. I mean, it's not like I could. So I just wrote to them and I gave them the whole, this is a former Navy SEAL, goddammit. He's a hero for his nation. He's seen things that will make a Billy Goat puke. <laughs> and you, and, and you're calling him. <laughs> and. And they they graciously you know took took the thing off, but only after five days I was off YouTube or couldn't couldn't post. Um, <clears throat> but yes, Dan, much love to you, brother. Nice donation there in the chat. Thank you ever so much. I want to get a chat like Sean's where people are chucking in millions of pounds at a time. In <laughs> yeah, Chris, these snitches would last five seconds in prison, but because they're anonymous behind the keyboard. They snitch all day long when a polite email, if someone has an issue, you know, you can resolve that issue without losing your livelihood. The, the snitch trolls tried to take me down last year and failed. And this year, what terminated the channel was most certainly not the trolls because most of those videos had been deleted. Yes, you can be struck on deleted videos. You are liable. For everything you have ever published, even if you put something up and delete it right away, you're liable for the rest of your life on YouTube. And like you pointed out, Chris, if you put a link in the description box and that goes to something that violates YouTube's terms, you are liable for the link. You should get struck on that. Mm -hmm. The It's six hours to read YouTube's uh, terms and services and guidelines and all that stuff. But it's worth going through if you want to, if people are out there and they want to sustain their careers on YouTube. Sure, let's because... talk about some other stuff other than fucking YouTube shit, you know? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm open for anything and yeah. please in the chat, ask me anything. What? Uh, let me ask you, off the top of my head, a few books that really I really enjoyed. I joy, enjoyed Papillon like when I was a youngster. I love The, Be the Beach by Alex Garland because it's just like travelling in Thailand. Yeah, um, read both of them. What 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 books have you really enjoyed? So, you know, I just felt like I went on a, a fantastic uh, journey through literature, history, philosophy, psychology over the centuries. One of my favourites was Edward Gibbons' The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire. And you learn the shenanigans of the people in power and how the masses never knew at the time what was really going on. Sound familiar? <laughs> what, what was the name of the book, Sean? The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire mm. by Edward Gibbon. Documented all the shenanigans of the emperors and the contenders for power and who was knocking who off and what family members were stabbing each other in the back. Uh, you know, just fascinating to read about Aurelius, Caligula, the various, the various um, emperors and... Um, it's human nature. You, you realize this is human nature. The people at the top are just as, as normal or abnormal as the rest of us. And up to more, up to more, way more diabolical things because they've got the power to do those things. So Andrew Duffy just asked, do I read as much? There's no way, Andrew, for me to read as much. 
In 2006, I read 268 books. I read over a thousand books in just under six years. When I told my sister I'd read 268 books in one year, she was like, you lucky bugger. People have lives, jobs, relationships, families. You, the only way you could do that is, is by living like a, a mad monk in a cave. <laughs> and a prisoner is stripped away of you know everything they need to do in the real world. So they have a lot of time on their hands to read. And it was the educational opportunity of a lifetime. So reading the ancient philosophers as well, Chris, you know, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, Epictetus, Nietzsche. Yeah, it's, um, God, I, I don't even know if I dare show it. I was going to say, there's only one book anyone needs to read to understand what's going on at the moment. And it's uh, it's a certain date in the 80s. <laughs> I'm going I'm to I'm gonna say no more. Um, Andrew... Andrew Duffy's been massive support of me, Sean, um, over uh, since I started the channel. He wants to know, do you still read as much? No, I just answered that one from Andrew Duffy. And Jane's asking, do you ever have a skateboard and long hair? I had roller boots and a shaved head. I remember at the after parties in the Scottsdale Villa Hilton, Arizona, we'd be partying for days on end, and I'd look around the room. No one slept, and I'd say. Do you want me to book the villa for another day? And here everyone would pass out, everybody would go, yeah, another day. And I put my roller boots on, I put my sunglasses on, I'd roller boot up to the reception. My sunglasses would would hide my bloodshot, bug eyed, ten different chemical substances that I was on. And I'd pay for another day. And, and some of the people at the reception, they looked like they wanted to come and, and join in the party. They were all good. They didn't snitch us out, the trolls. Yes. <laughs> the parties, isn't it? That they uh yeah, they can all those long parties, mate, they can all end a bit sour isn't the right word, but you can go into them parties, Mr. Hero, and what you see three days later on no sleep and too much uh, too much of certain things is a bit of a sad bit of a sad sad picture, isn't it? Like that part in Breaking Bad when Jesse went through that house where everybody was cracked out. Yes, yes, I remember that. That was quite um, that was a good series, wasn't it? it... Oh, one of the best ever. Because that was in New Mexico. I was in Arizona, the neighboring state. So all the characters Walter White met were existing, and I met those same you know characters in Arizona: the biker gangs, the neo Nazis, the Mexican cartel people. Yeah, it was, it was it was very similar. The thing I liked about Breaking Bad was whoever the bloody director was, he got some stunning scenes in it, didn't he? Oh, it was classic, the cinematography. Yeah. Do you remember um, that one where the two Mexican geezers who look like real bandits, they just yeah. got out of the car and they just started crawling? The two, the two were they brothers, the twins? Yeah, Hitmen? they were ex executioners or something, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they worshipped that that Mexican um, Satanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was right. Yes, that's the other thing about this um, this agenda is. Have you noticed how much the media is full of skulls and skeletons and death and um, witchcraft and all this kind of stuff? Yes, as a kid, I was a fan of Hammer House of Horrors. I watched um, Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, that kind of thing. And I used to collect horror movie books as well. So I can understand why that genre is uh, endlessly fascinating to people. Yes. I've stopped watching it now by, just by choice. Um, had a, a, been become friends with a, an Israeli special forces commander. Wow. Lives in Jerusalem and is... is is the podcast we did is going to come out next week, I think. And so, hello, doctor, if you're watching. Um, but he sent me a, a series about the a unit called the Greys, who are special forces undercover unit that go into Palestine and they do their, you know, their espionage and that sort of stuff. But it's not like an overly violent series, but there's so much violence in it. And I'm I'm not that person anymore, Sean. You know, I, I feel it affects my vibration. I I feel depressed watching it. I feel what am I watching this? I, I, I can go and sit with the sun on my face and feel like a hundred billion dollars, or I can watch this and just feel like a bit not dirty, but you know, 
I got worn down last year by all of the dark content that I was producing and all the interviews and the harrowing stories. And my best mate, Wildman, being gravely ill. And I could see it on my face in, in, in some of the videos I did that that, that energy had consumed me last year. So, well, after Wildman's, on the day of Wildman's funeral, though, I had a good cry and I felt his strength enter me. And I've not looked back since then. But perhaps it is fortuitous that YouTube has stepped in and the UK government has stepped in to steer me away from that content from my own sanity. Yeah, well, New Horizons is never a bad thing, is it? You know, reinvention. I mean, look at, I mean, Joe Rogan did it. I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to say show was better for it, but do you remember the early Joe Rogan show? Or well, not the early ones, because he's been going 10 years, but the ones about five years ago now. It was all about the moon landings and all the, I don't want to use the word conspiracy because it's disrespectful for people that have put the research in, but, you know, what people would call conspiracies. And it was a fascinating show because he's basically going like that to the authorities and the, yeah. the mainstream. And then overnight, it all just stopped. Um, that was kind of the, op <laughs> the opposite of what I suggest you do, but... Um, yeah. In, in jail, one of the most popular radio shows that the prisoners listened to was Coast to Coast with Art Bell. And this was the biggest conspiracy broadcast on the planet at that time, which precedes Rogan and all this other stuff. And that's where I first heard David. I, I'll just say, was on that program. This was back in 2002, 2003 on my little radio set in, in I used to stay up at nights listening to the the various um, conspiracy researchers. They did a lot about the Gulf War syndrome, didn't they? Let, yeah, let, let's I, I, I've got a whole chapter on that in my book. Um, can, we not Maze, use, can we not American use Maze. the v, the V word, Sean? You know what I'm saying? But oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was um, the soldiers wasn't in the Gulf were basically like guinea pigs for a whole load of. Uh, having stuff put in their bodies, and some of them suffered massively, didn't they? I wrote the story of a campaigner for it. I wrote her sad story in, um, I think it was American Made, not Clinton, Bush and Syria conspiracies. Yeah, American Made. And um, that's how I learned so much about how people are used, and then they don't get any help, Chris, because the other way I learned about this was more than half of my friends in jail and prison in America were war veterans. They had come back, they had trauma, PTSD, the government had barely helped them, and they had got on street drugs to medicate, self-medicate their trauma, and then they ended up in prison. It's really sad to see all those guys put their lives on the line for their country and then get tossed aside after they come back. Really is a shame. Yes, I deal with it every day, Sean. You know, I, I as you know, I do these charity stunts did one the other day actually we um would you mind if i show it to the guys sean yeah please do uh don't know if you want to watch this on your screen let me just find I will. it did this one morning friends i'm chris Thrall. a former royal marines commando from devon has tonight reached land's end after running all the way from john o'groats chris thrall has run an ultra marathon every day and i will be leading a team of elite fighting veterans i'm Stephen bowden i'm a royal marines corporal i'm jace patterson served in the majesty's royal marines i'm sean royal marine chris stewart captain and 23 parachute field ambulance the acna carry in scotland training ground churchill's commandos Recreating the Royal Marines legendary nine mile speed march, raising money for the Royal Marines charity. Please get involved by following us on social media or chucking a fiver in. Thank you. There we go. Cheers for that, Sean. Oh, it's um, great that you're out on the field making, well, real, making real world changes when so many people just talk a crock of shit. Yes, it's oh, so much to say, mate. I, I'm just pleased that at 50, um, oh, I said the 50, well, I was going to say 21, but at 51 years old, I can still just get out there and smash it like when I was 18 in the Marines, you know, and that, that's, uh, folks, that's reason to listen, <laughs> listen to my show alone.
Um, but it's all it's all about mindset, isn't it? it it's what if, if you put your mind to it and you know what to feel to to eat well with, you tune into the universe and anything becomes possible. Um, we all age at different rates, and I believe that you know what we choose to put in our bodies and what we what exercise we choose to do, what job we do, it all affects the rate at which we age. Yes. I think it does. I've, I've, you know, my body's been al alkaline for 18 years now. There we go. So if I put one of those strips on my mouth, it'll come out green. My body is in harmony with the nature or, or what nature intended me to be. And when you look at this beautiful face, Sean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe all them drugs I did, would you? <laughs> Preserved you somehow. Well, I... Mate, I should look about 89 now, what with all the parties I've been to. And parties is a, a kind euphemism, shall we say. What A lot of them were one-man parties, which weren't so pretty. Doesn't that show the resilience of the human body? Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I, have, I, I get more fun now from my running than I ever have done in my whole life. I, I just absolutely love this universe so much. I love life. I love this beautiful blue planet. I love getting out. I love. I love the fact I'm. Up, I'm the first person always up in my street. I'm out with my music on and my runners on and uh, and. Um, but but more more impressive than that, Sean is. I wake up every day in paradise, even when I'm pissed off. I appreciate the infinite improbability of our existence, and that makes me just think, wow, we are all a miracle to be here. If you contemplate what actually happened to produce you i don't want to be obscene here but it, it, i must you know I, i've done um, mathematics in my uh, a level and, and, and university degree probability theory if you look at the amount of sperm in your dad's balls the chance of that one sperm of you winning that race against those millions of sperm to get to that egg to create what you are and then you go back in your grandfather's balls and his grandfather's balls and back to primordial soup where some little amoebae did something with another amoebae. <laughs> that is, it's the, the fact that you exist is almost infinitely improbable. Mm -hmm. The other thing that people fail to recognize because it's been hidden from us is every molecule in our body is it's, it's always, it's, they've always been here. From the dawn of time and will be all these molecules will be here till the end of time we are stardust and water yeah so <laughs> i say i've been saying this a lot lately so if i'm carbon atoms part of the universe and so is sean then sean is the universe experiencing itself in that body i'm the universe experiencing itself in this body so we're both the same we're universe so this notion that I should be angry at this person on YouTube or hating that person in another country or stealing this country's result, it becomes ludicrous, Sean, because that would mean I'm hating myself. And then that tells you the answer to life. What's 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 the answer to life? It's love, isn't it? That's it. That's that is all there is because everything is you. <laughs> so. I yes. think you've nailed it. I mean, it's an ongoing debate in philosophy. What is the meaning of life, love, religion, money, all these things. But when you're looking back on your life from your deathbed, what are you going to have appreciated the most? It's going to be your loving relationships with your family and friends. You're not going to look back on all the work that you did and say, wow, I'm so happy I spent all those hours doing all that work. You're going to look back at your family, your friends, the changes you made in the world, your relationships, which all boils down to love. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you right there on that, Chris. Yeah, I, I think it's ironic that the answer to life, just this one word, it's four letters, and it's right in front of our faces our whole lives. And yet so many people, like literally 99.999% of people that will ever be born well, certainly under the kind of regime we live under, are never going to realise this. And as such, they'll be striving for meaning in their lives. And, and it's there. It's, it's 
four letters. It's pretty simple, and any anyone can do it. And even the trolls need love, Chris. Imagine what you must be going through in your life if you've not got anything better to, to do than obsess on someone and concoct all kinds of bizarre scenarios in your head and just throw them out there. These people are going through things and they need our love and support. And a huge thank you to the trolls as well for the views. Yes. <laughs> Let me ask you something else, Sean. So go for it. What, um, what's been the favorite country you visited? And oh, what you know, did what did you think of America when you were there? All right, so I was in America illegally, so I couldn't leave the country. Even I did sneak sneak down to Mexico. We had stuff going on in Mexico for a few years. I did sneak in and out of the border before nine eleven to Mexico. But um, I would say the most beautiful place I ever visited in Arizona was Sedona. If you if if you Google Sedona, red rocks. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's like a Martian landscape. The mountains are red. It's beautiful. It's on the way to the Grand Canyon. I remember I was driving. I was only a teenager with my girlfriend on an early visit to America. I'd rented a car. I was going about 120 miles an hour. And the road was so flat, I could see the ends of the earth both ways. And then this little prairie dog was like in the middle of the road. I'm heading right at it at like 100 plus miles an hour. And I slammed on. And seriously, that was one of my nine lives days. I think I've gone through them all now. The car went, it, it kind of like rolled away from the prairie dog and then just missed him and somehow managed to roll back into a straight line instead of flipping over. But we were looking around after our lives had been saved and there was like wild horses. There was Native American reservations and stuff. Um, uh, it, it, was, it was just so beautiful. And when you get to the Grand Canyon, you go through Sedona, get to the Grand Canyon, and just the vastness of the hole in the ground. <laughs> it puts your life in, into perspective. Other than that, um, Chris, more, in more recent years, I went to Turkey before the pandemic. It was my last holiday. And... I had a girlfriend back then and um, she picked out this place in Gocek called Rixos Premium. Oh, the boat trips. I love nature. So I would go on these boat trips and I'd take loads of bread with me. And then I'd, I'd go underwater with my goggles on with all this bread. And I would go like this and a million fish would just appear around me. And I just loved being underwater, feeding the fish and just you know, the way they just they just look at you and the way they move. And again, I'm falling back now on what two Tonys taught me to appreciate the small things in life. He said, if you appreciate the small things, you won't go looking for trouble in the wrong places, which is what I did before that. So if you can just appreciate getting out with nature, communing with the animals. Even here, I throw chicken off my balcony nearly every night to the badgers and the fox. And then I just stand there watching them. And there's, you know, there's the trees and the big full moon. And you just get this feeling of the joy of existence. It's a spiritual thing, like you said, Chris. And once you can tune into that energy, you can be happy. You don't have to be happy from chemical substances and getting kicks from doing, you know, things that are going to produce SWAT teams at your front door. Yeah. And the irony is that when you try and do those things, they don't have the same effect that they used to. It all becomes so much more hassle. Yeah, and your body doesn't repair like it does in your twenties either. No, I'm I'm pleased to say that I've I'm just been I've been moving away. Well, the very first time I ever did any of that stuff, I kind of knew it wasn't right. I I knew I was going to have issues with it, but I kind of knew it wasn't right. And I sort of knew I was going on a bit of a roller coaster, but I also sort of knew that I didn't think I'd ever be truly happy until I completely got it all out of my life. I just kind of, I, I kind of knew I had to do it. I couldn't see how to do it because it took me 30 years, Sean, you know? Yeah. 30 years of living that party lifestyle and I pretty much smashed it every a day. Again, smashed it is a generous euphemism, but... Yeah. Yes. What, um, what was I going to say? Yeah. Did I gather you've chatted to my mate Jamie, Jamie Hull? 
He's the SAS guy that jumped from a burning plane. Or oh, no. he's got he got um terrible burns like fourth degree burns. Oh yes, 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 yes. I just interviewed him. What a guy, man. Yeah. And that is coming out. I, I can't upload right now for two weeks because of all these strikes. So all the content that's backed up, including his interview, will be coming on the channel. And it's so inspirational, Chris. What an absolute wonderful guy. Yeah, exactly. He's a real nice guy to chat to. We've had quite a few chats recently, and um, it's something that really, um, really kind of peaceful about Jamie that I really like. But um, I said, um, be good, be good if you could appear on a few more podcasts because um, it's such an inspirational story, really. And when you yeah. when you see what someone's got over like that, fourth degree burns over most of your body. Doesn't all put into perspective that the, the stuff that we stress about every day is pretty much nothing to stress over, is it? It is not. C can I answer this question that's just come in about Sammy the Bull in the chat? Which one is it? It's from CMC. Yeah. And he said, um, has Sean spoke about the Sammy the Bull at all? I'm just, I'm just um, saying this because National Geographic has just put out an, another documentary. It's called How E busted the bull and it features sammy the bull's ecstasy ring versus my ecstasy ring and this has just come out on national geographic channel national geographic did my banged up abroad locked up abroad episode many years ago they saw all of my case paperwork and they asked for my case paperwork again this time around and they've gone ahead and done this um, how he busted the ball featuring both of our rings. Mm -hmm. And also I was recently on with the, with Michael Francis, his channel. And he said when he was in the mafia in LA, they were aware of my ecstasy ring that was in competition with Sammy the Bulls. Cause there's a bit of controversy because the trolls contacted Sammy the Bull, gave him some false information saying that I was claiming to have met him and I'm a tough guy. <laughs> Sammy the Bull's like, I've never met this guy. He's full of shit. <laughs> Well, Sammy the Bull was not running the ecstasy ring. His son and Mike Papa were running the ring. Sammy the Bull stayed at home. But his son's well aware of who I am. I've got plenty of stories with, with our beefs. Yeah, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't really get much shit, Sean. Um, and I try never to focus on I ever. Just fucking what people want to think about me. It's just, it, it, it's just irrelevant to, you know. But yeah. what I do find is, um it's like jesus christ guys if you're gonna bad mouth someone at least do a freaking google search first or a internet search um because the only person you're kidding and making yourself silly is you, is yourself i know they I, and all they gotta do if you're accused of anything the first thing the accuser needs to do is have proof show me the proof don't ask us ridiculous things until you have proof yeah get it's i don't want to give it too much airtime i don't want to feed True. feed True. anything negative sean but it's just like um after i was on your show the last time yeah one guy just honed yeah. in on me and decided to announce the world that 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 i i wasn't who i said i was i think he was trying to sound like some walter mitty character i've never been in the royal marines he was in. He's in the navy, so he 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 he'd know, right? And it's like, dude, just type my name into a search engine. You'll see photos of me. You know, I I've lived, worked, and travelled now in eighty five countries on all seven continents. I've written six books. I'm a qualified pilot, skydiver. I've backpacked through every single country in the Americas. I've driven uh, journalists to India and back on a vintage. Leyland coach I've taught street kids in Mozambique I've been in combat with the Royal Marines commandos I've completely lost my head mental health to the point where my family were told they needed to put me in a mental in institution um, I worked in a nightclub that was owned and run or that was run rather by the 14k which is Hong Kong's most vicious triad gang it's like what which is the bit i'm bullshitting about by the way <laughs> it's like for fuck's sake you just make yourself look so silly um but they so, do add to our views and i i appreciate that 
Yeah. But um, what, 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 I'll tell you what I was going to ask you. How, how do you do your time management, Sean? Oh, Chris, time management. So Wildman called me the robot. Like he wanted longer breaks in between the podcast. I'm like, breaks? <laughs> Who has breaks? <laughs> I was raised on in the, you know, Wolf of Wall Street style ethos, lunches for wimps. If you're not at your desk calling your clients, other brokers are calling your clients. Ah, call your girlfriends, wives, whatever. <laughs> it was like a military discipline. So they, 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 um, Brainwashed me with that and I've adhered to it to this day. Like you said, it's 14-hour days, isn't it, if you're a YouTuber? People don't see um, all, all the back behind-the-scenes stuff. Yes. Um, guys, just to say in the chat, be respectful of me and my guest. It's that simple. It's not rocket science, is it? Um, there's so much you can learn from podcasts with old bastards like us. Um if all you want to focus on is scandal and gossip. That's well, in their own perverted minds. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's it's like not on my channel, folks. It's not it's not what we're about. We're about truth, love, enlightenment. We chat to people because you might like the person, you you might not like that's irrelevant. There's learning there in between, between these two polarizations that you've created in your mind, right? There's learning in between. And if you're not prepared to do that learning because you only watch guys with like a T in their name, blah, blah, then you, you're missing out on this beautiful, rich tapestry of life. You could just sit and observe and um, create a beautiful future for all of us. Exactly. So um... it, it, this modern thing, Sean, is I, I won't put up with it. Of <laughs> Hey, I've got a keyboard. I can just fucking slag off some... 51 year old veteran who i've never met in my entire it's it's like no you can't well i mean you can in your own life you're not you're not coming into mine to do it it's a sign of success chris well imagine going into someone's office walking up to the desk and putting a finger in their face and, and giving them the abuse that you think you're allowed to do because you're on social media you'd never <laughs> do it you know it's, it's a sign of success yeah and uh, it's, the, the, the more subs you get, Chris, the, the crazier it's going to get out there on on the chat. And and I think a, a, quite a big percent of my views come from dissenters and trolls. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'm appreciative of that. Okay. I really am. And if they would ever man up and come and meet me in person, I would give them a hug and say, tell them that I know you guys need love. Well, this is the this is the thing that we're all on our unique journeys, and you can't. You can't put what's in here into somebody else. But when you're just hating on someone all the time, as opposed to sitting back and, and you know, you, you, you can have opinions. That's fine. You know, <laughs> I've done lots of things in my life. People can have opinions on that. I've done some pretty stupid things. You know, I've broken, broken a law. I've upset people. You know, there was a time in my life I would have, when I was in the military, I'd have gone to war and, probably had to do some pretty horrendous things and back then i wouldn't have thought twice about it right but it, you can either like hate me about all that or you could just sit back and observe and go well you know and but only one of those things is going to get you into paradise and the hating thing <laughs> never can because i didn't i just say i'm you in a different body <laughs> yes. yeah even even if mother Teresa had a channel chris she would be getting trolled right now yeah, it's funny. It's, it's 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 um it's I know I know why it is, Sean. It's because the the controllers they keep it. They can't let people enter the right hemisphere of their brain. You know, the love, the kindness, the empathy, the thinking, the compassion, the pragmatism, all the stuff you need to be part of a tribe and thrive. Otherwise, the tribe would throw you out. So you stay in the baby left side of your brain, which is, nah, 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 give me that, give me that, I want that. Da, da. This is why you see this behaviour, right? But it's not the people's fault. It's that the controllers, through the education system, they keep you in that brain. Because if you were ever to move into the right hemisphere, you'd realise you don't need to hate anyone. You just, all you've got to do is express love and you'll be in paradise. But if, but if we could all achieve that, what would happen is, you wouldn't go out and buy shit because you don't need any of that. You know, you only need one one 
car in the driveway, you know, and, it, and it, as long as it works, that, that's kind of like job done. Um, if, if, if you live in your right hemisphere of your brain, Sean, you're not, a, you don't live in fear, do you? So you've got no reason to watch mainstream media because all that does is promote fear. Because if you keep people in fear, they haven't got time to sit, chill, read a book, educate themselves and make that, 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 that move into the, um, you know, empathic side of life. And so this is why we see all these people so full of hatred for other people's lives. I think we're going to do a, we're going to do a documentary on the psychology of trolls. James, my cameraman is uh, working on that right now. And we're going to feature Wheezy. Yes. I don't, uh, Yes, it is. A, it is a fascinating phenomenon. People who wake up and then they just spend the whole day with bizarre fantasies about people, and then they project it onto the internet, and that's all. Day after day, they just it just goes round and round their head, and they just all, all day they're there. They're just there. Wherever you go, they are there. What kind of a life is that? Well, it, again, it goes back to what we we're saying earlier. We, if you want to change the world. And you want better people and it starts with ourselves, doesn't it? It's that simple. Yeah. It starts with ourselves. You can only influence other people by getting out there and smashing your life and being a good example and, and achieving your dreams and being nice and kind to people and being supportive and and and, and all this um you know, all this kind of kind of thing. But again, I, I say this all the time, Sean, we're subjected to an agenda. It's not in our best interest um, and these kind of evil old men that run this agenda and they have done for hundreds of years that they, they just know they've got all they've got to do is keep humanity in its left brain and they'll just control us with all this all, all this stuff and the only way you can address it isn't by sort of telling other people how to live there like you've got to live it yourself and I think you're probably not even going to see the fruits of your labor or your of your example. I think that that just goes out into the ether there and hopefully has a you know, positive effect for, for generate maybe for future generations. Here's um, a troll. Here's a troll in prison. Troll goes up to gang leader and says, Chris has done this and that. Ooh, you need to go and beat him up. Gang leader turns to troll and says, give me the paperwork. Give me the proof. Troll says, what paperwork? What proof? It's just in my perverted mind. And gang leader goes, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> and it's over like that. But because there's no consequences for them, Chris, they just run with it online. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. You, you know, when you come out of the military, Sean, if you went through in my era, and again, this is for, for friends at home, not, anything I'm saying that I'm not criticising young people I'm trying to make people aware of the agenda that we're all subject to, that is destroying humanity, that is enslaving. I mean, you've only got to look out the window at what's been going on. If you think that's normal, if you think that shoving a carrot in your ear and hopping on one leg down to the shop, that will protect you from the bogeyman, then something is seriously wrong in life, isn't it? It's seriously, seriously wrong. And so my my criticism is never of the individual. It, it's it's this is what's what's going on. But the the anecdote about the Marine Sean is when you come out of the military, um, you you really have to learn that that if you have an issue with someone, especially if it's like in a what you you can't sort it out physically. Yeah. You know because in the in in a, in a I can't speak for the other forces, but. When I was in the Marines, you, you had to be careful what you said to people. You know, there were certain people you just wouldn't say certain things to. There are other people, you know, I mean, we were all quite handy, Sean. It's it's the toughest military force in, in the world, but the toughest infantry force in the world. You, you We all, many of us come from broken homes and damaged backgrounds. And, and you, so... If you were to say any of the stuff that, that, that people say in this day and age and they get away with it because the laws are in place and and I'm not I'm not judging whether that's right or wrong. I'm just saying back in my day in the Marines, bang, you just went straight to fisticuffs. Yeah. You know, you'd physically try to, to damage this other person, to knock them out, to whatever. And when um 
when I left, you had to have people go, Chris, that's that's not appropriate. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> um, but the thing was, that wasn't just the military. That was, I mean, you saw that in society as well. If you said something to someone in the pub, they would more than likely turn around and punch you. It's just, it. I think what happened is that it, it put like an invisible guard around your mouth Before you just went and said anything that you wanted to say to someone, you thought about it for a bit because you thought, do you know what? If I'm being disrespectful, probably going to get punched in the face. Then I've got to fight. Um, And if I'm not particularly good at fighting, that's quite a frightening prospect. And um, I think, um, you know, again, I think people these days haven't been through that process. Don't don't um, just not particularly guarded when they speak. I went through um, like trying to explain myself to people, realizing it was impossible, and then um, no longer being irate with the dissenters, but actually watching the videos and just laughing my head off at the conspiracies they come up with. Some of the thumbnails are brilliant, Chris. I'm thinking about getting some of the thumbnails from the troll channels, like made into poster sized things and putting them on my walls here in my headquarters. Yeah. Gosh, yes, pass. <laughs> so, has anyone, has anyone in the chat got any any more questions? Because I'm gonna have to get going. Yeah, uh, sure. I've got, I've, got to, I've got to be up early. I'm, I'm filming a podcast in Birmingham tomorrow. Oh, with yes. Ex military guy. Okay. Would I know him, or is it is it? A, a, are you he, at liberty to say? He he was on the helicopter that was heading to assassinate Pablo Escobar. Oh, um, gosh, hang on. Um, Mr. McAleese. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We we chatted a while back. Um, very uh, interesting man. When you look at photos of him in his younger days, he does look like the hardest man in the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a, he was a badass. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. We've got a few questions have come in. Plans for the channel going forward? Just we're just pivoting right now, House of Pain, into other areas away from what we're banned from doing. So maybe like I'm, we're going to be looking at like Valuetainment, some of his guests, Russell Brand, some of his guests, go, going um, down down those kind of roads. And Stephen Gillen as well, the mafia stuff he does is is absolutely uh, fascinating. Really like what he's doing there. So that's that's the future plans for the channel. Yep. Yes. So, Sean, I'm going to cut you loose there. Thanks for giving us so much time, mate. Oh, thank you, brother. It's great to see you thriving and, you know, getting out such a wonderful message and helping veterans and doing all your charity work and your stamina, man. I envy your stamina. Well, your stamina's in the podcast world and my, <laughs> you know, mine is keeping my eyelids open. Um, but yeah, ah, just you only, we get one life, Sean, don't we? You know, you want to get out and smash it as much as possible. And um, yeah, yeah. I think you like me. I mean, you 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 had those years inside, but I had them in the prison of my own mate, which was mental health and and the depths of addiction. Yeah. And um, I didn't. I don't regret those years, but I certainly wanted to make up for lost time. Um, and I'm still still doing it. I'd like to thank you, Chris. I'd like to thank the moderators and the viewers. Some people have asked about the Wild Woman podcast. The Wild Woman podcast will be coming out in a couple of weeks. I can't upload right now. I'll do live streams. I'm going to be live streaming with Decker Heggy on, on Monday evening on his channel. Possibly Darren G might be joining us. But the uh, Wild Woman podcast, many people have been asking for years for the Wild Woman podcast. Wild Man was number three in the criminal organization as ranked by the prosecutor. Number two was actually Wild Woman. She had 155 felonies. She was facing 1,550 years. On the taxi to the YouTube studio, uh, the video studio that we just did, the taxi driver started criticizing gay people and gay pride. He was making homophobic remarks. Wild woman has a gay son. By the time he got to the studio, he looked like he was about ready to paint his cab rainbow colors. (laughs) I showed wild woman. Oh, never mind. I won't go there. Let's um, let's leave her at that. <laughs> she's ready to take on some people. Let's just say. Yeah, she's she's lived a life, and um, well, we all have a bit, and we now. She's a serious badass. 
All right, Sean, listen, I'm going to play out my um, outro. So don't don't stay on the long line, mate. You've been good enough to stay so long. Thank you, Chris. And um, wish you all the best with everything. You to, too, brother. To everybody, to all our friends at home, massive love to you all. Sorry if this has sounded in any way a lecture. It's not meant to be, but gosh, we get one life and it's just, if, if hate or negativity plays any part in it, we're losing the game, you know, we're losing the game and you don't want to lose the game. Believe me, I, I, I did it back in the day, nearly lost my life on several occasions and completely lost my mental health. And it was just because my thinking wasn't in, in the right way. And, and if I can do anything to, um, you know, or if the podcast world can do anything to help people understand a bit better this, this crazy thing called life and this massive agenda that we're all subjected to, then uh, then so be it. That's it. I've said enough. Sean, see you soon. Much love, everyone. All right, Chris. Good night. Take cheers, care, cheers. brother. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username Chris Thrall. Instagram Chris.Thrall. Thank you.